people are very quick to write somebody off if they have debt. There's a lot to be learned through working through hardship and adversity as a couple, even financial adversity. If you're trying to play two different games, then neither of you are gonna win. By getting out of debt, our life will be bigger and greater because of this. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad Coaches. Coaches. And we help millennial married couples improve how they manage money together and strengthen their marriage. Because let's face it, mixing money and relationships is hard. How do I talk to my spouse without having an argument? How do we get on the same page? How do we have confidence in our financial future? In this podcast, we'll help you answer all of these questions so you can set your finances and marriage up for success. And focus on the more important things in life, like quality time with each other and living a life of purpose. All right, so today we're gonna be talking about debt, but in particular, should I help my spouse out with their debt? Yes, or subtitle, should I accept help from my spouse to pay off my debt? Yeah. Because this is pretty common in millennial relationships. One person has debt, the other person doesn't. And how do we navigate this tricky terrain where one person's kind of come to the relationship and they've kept their house in order, so to speak, while the other person, maybe although not making mistakes, quote unquote, maybe they just got a bunch of student loan debt, but they have all this and they're bringing that to the relationship. So it's a weird dynamic of, you know, from my point of view, I had the student loan debt. Do I accept help? But from Rebecca's point of view, should I help Dylan who had $30,000 worth of student loan debt? So this is the question we're going to dive into and cover all angles so you feel like you will come together as one. Absolutely. And you so nailed it with just saying it's tricky. I mean, legitimately, even brainstorming this podcast was a little bit tricky for us because it's bringing up some things that were really hard to navigate and kind of some hard pills to swallow of like, yeah. I did make that choice and I have to I have to live with the fact that yeah, that's the way I did it. Maybe it wasn't the best way, but that's that's how it went. And so you you're taking ownership of it and just moving forward together and saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, it doesn't matter. Like let's let's not worry about the past guilt and shame that comes along with that. And could I have been smarter? Sure, but I didn't know what I know." Yeah, now. and now we, we're in the present, and what are we yeah. doing moving forward, not worrying necessarily about the past? Exactly, but I mean, it, but it was really even challenging for the two of us to kind of drudge up where were we 10 years ago, yeah. and what were the emotions, and, you know, especially just, again, knowing what we know now, I can actually put a name on, like, well, I struggled to feel like I could maybe trust that it was going to be worth me helping out. Dylan had about $30,000 of student loan debt. Um, I graduated with about $7,000 worth of student loan debt. And if you want to hear our stories about how we paid for college and our money stories and why it went the way it went, check out one of our previous episodes. Um, But it just really is. It's a tricky thing. And so we want to help people understand um, what they're feeling because now we can put a name to it and we can help you realize, like, what are you trying to navigate? Um, And then also help you figure out, like, just again, should you accept the help? Should you give the help? Right. And uh, what to kind of look for yeah, in the conversations to have. It's 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 complicated, like we said. So we're going to yeah. dive into kind of the, the the norms, the cultural trends that we see around debt in general. Mm-hmm. And just kind of get us like up to speed why we feel the way we feel about this topic. Yeah. So like you already kind of touched on, in general, we know as millennials, a lot of us have student loan debt. Odds are pretty good that at least one person in the relationship, in the marriage, has student loan debt. 
if not both. Um, and then, you know, then you can throw in consumer debt. And so like there's maybe a student loan debt, maybe it's consumer debt, but somebody maybe has some, maybe both of you do. Right. So that's kind of the average that we that we see. If somehow both of you don't have any debt, congratulations. Why are you even listening to this podcast? You don't need us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we do far more than, than manage debt. Um, but that's the kind of a really broad scope. But then there's the cultural trends. And, you know, one trend that I see a lot of. I would call this a toxic trait. Yeah, definitely a toxic trait. And um, what I've really been seeing, what we're talking about, is that on a lot of like women specific Facebook groups and on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and, and pretty much just social media in general. And then a lot of even articles that I've seen on, on from different news sources, if you can call them that anymore, of should I help my significant other pay off their debt? Well, so, isn't it even fur- they go further than that? They say, should I don't even know if I should give this man a chance because yeah. well, he has debt. Right? Yes, exactly. Like Like one example in particular, I could not believe what I was reading. This the way this person posed it was like, I've been dating this person for a year and I'm like totally in love with them, thought I was going to marry him. And then all of a sudden I find out that they have some debt. And they were like ready to write this person off, you know, and just be like, well, I love you. But, you know, the financials just aren't quite in order, you know, <laughs> and people supported it. And people were like, oh, yeah, that's a red flag, you know, like not worth it, girl. And you must be living a perfect life. That you deserve somebody who has debt free and hasn't committed one sin. Yeah, really though. So what we're just seeing a lot is not only are people really asking this question a lot, but culturally, we're also seeing a lot of stuff saying, "No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't help them pay off debt. That's just a them problem." Right? It's the same thing like credit score. Oh, what's uh, yeah. first date question? What's your credit score? If somebody asks you that, I'm sorry. If somebody asks you that on your like first five dates, get out of here. Like, just no. Yeah, that's the toxic trait. It's not if you had bad credit. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're, you're asking about and it. And I think like, these are where it's like, it's too, sur- this is too surface level. If you're like, oh, Dylan had a bunch of debt. Well, that's just part of the story. What is he doing with the debt now? Yes. Or I have low credit score. What are they doing about it? Do they care? I mean, that the, that matters more to me if I'm talking to, into couples and like dealing with these problems than like, oh, Jimmy brought in $100,000 worth of student loan debt. Is that really a big deal? Yeah. You know, that's a great question, but we need to dig deeper than just, oh, they have debt. Yeah. And um, I think the biggest thing even is not anything that would show up on a spreadsheet. It's the mentality that they have about it and just what are they doing about it? Yeah. But the, the trend is that we're seeing a lot is, yeah, that people are very quick to write somebody off. Yeah. They if, just get that service level detail. If they have debt. And that's just really sad because I've even just seen it when it's supposedly a healthy relationship and they just start to con- even consider, even consider backing out yeah, just because of debt. So that's something that we just think is really, really toxic. And because as we we like to say, it's all about growing together as mm-hmm. well. And so you, you cannot have like this fixed mind or fixed view of the person who you're considering living the rest of your life with because you're going to change, they're going to change. Like it's all about growing and improving together. And so that's why it's more about the mindset that they have about whatever debt that they have. Right. Not just 
the balance on the balance sheet. Yeah, are they willing to change? I know we're kind of like jumping ahead a little bit here because we're going to yeah. get into these things further, but it is, it's the mindset. Am I willing to change? Am I doing something about it now? Mm-hmm. Am I open to having the conversation? Because answering those questions one way, it means this person is a person who's worth continuing to date and marry. Whereas the other answers might be like, okay, if you aren't willing to do any changes, or if you aren't willing to make the the change in your life, then maybe this isn't the right it. Absolutely. And that one, I would like, I'll support you 100%. Right. But you tried. You didn't just give yeah, up. But you can't just be like, oh, you got a negative net worth. Sorry. Bye. Because like we just talked about, the majority of millennials have some form of debt these days, be it student loan or consumer. So if you're just expecting somebody to have no debt and like some, you know, high earner, all this sorts of stuff, they're just already perfect. Then just uh, you eliminated so much of the dating pool. <laughs> that your your odds of just finding this perfect individual are slim to none. We're, our starting point is further back than generations in the past because of student loan debt and other things. But we are just starting from a different point. But what are you doing from that starting point? Well, and also just look at yourself first. You know, I mean, maybe, oh, yeah, you, classic. maybe you don't have a ton of debt and maybe you are playing a lot of things right, but you're but you're not perfect. You know, so maybe maybe your financial game is strong. There's probably some other things in your life that you're still working on. So give some people some grace and and some space to actually grow. That's one thing I like to say a lot is give yourself grace and give yourself space. So um, really important that you do that for other people as well. But now we're going to kind of shift more into talking to the married couple mm-hmm. who you're already in it. You're already committed to one another and one of you has some debt, the other person is looking to help with that debt. Should they help or not? Yeah. So this is kind of the idea of, are we going to become interdependent or are we going to remain independent? And that's really the big piece here is that so many people want to preserve their independence. And that independence becomes very clear when you hear terms like it's your debt or my debt. That's very independent type language. Whereas if we start to have conversations like this is our debt, that's going to be interdependent because we're going to be working together to get rid of our debt. Exactly. And again, this is through the lens of a married couple of when you can really start to have these conversations, but you don't want to put the cart before the horse. Right. You, you don't know? want to do anything you regret or create any resentment if things break apart and you go in separate directions. Yes, exactly. Um, but I love that distinction of the independent thought is you versus me. Mm-hmm. And then the interdependent is us, right. our, we. Even if you don't see it as you versus me, it can still have a, even if you're not seeing it versus in particular. Yeah, it could be yours and mine. Yeah, it still has this independent vibe because I, maybe I just want to deal with it on my own. And that actually ends up being the case for a lot of people who is like, this is my debt and I don't want to bring this to Rebecca. And they're, they were sort of like, we'll combine the finances once I deal with this problem over here by myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. But before we we jump too into that, let's talk to the person who doesn't have the debt. Yeah. Talk to the person who would be helping. And so that would be in the independent thought would be they're viewing it as that's your debt. It's not my debt. It's your debt until it becomes ours. Yes. You know, so it's all from that like point of view. And kind of just what the feelings are behind that so the really the easiest example for me to use here is just myself 
Because like we talked about, when Dylan and I got together, Dylan came to the relationship with more debt than I had. And we paid for colleges in very different ways for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. But my mindset for that was that, first and foremost, I was afraid. There was a lot of concern. There was like that natural self-preservation mode, whereas like, oh, well, you know, I dotted my I's, I crossed my T's. I was incredibly careful and vigilant to make sure that, you know, I took on as minimal amount of debt as possible. Now, was I still perfect with my finances? Absolutely not. But it was very scary to look at another $30,000 of debt and that becoming our debt when I had made sure that I was very careful about not getting into a lot. Right. You you saw the light at the end of the tunnel for yourself. And all of a sudden that tunnel got a little, not even a little longer. It got much longer. It got a lot longer. Yeah. So initial feelings were fear and just like those self-preservation sort of thoughts. And then also just feeling as though maybe even a little bit of I felt the seed of bitterness, the seed of resentment of like, this is pulling me backward. And that was scary to me. Well, that makes sense because you're working so hard to, to like get out of debt and reduce the amount of debt that you had, not even take on as much debt in the first place. And all of a sudden it's like, well, and that was all for nothing. Yeah. I had minimal amounts of student loan debt. After college, I completely paid off my car. Um, and then I had a little bit of, I used my credit cards, but I never carried a big balance or anything. Um, but so to me, I was like, I was doing really pretty well and my income kept, continued to climb. Um, and so then to all of a sudden be like, whoa, okay, this is a setback there. I mean, it would just be so ridiculous of me to act like I was just immediately, yeah, huh, let's go. I got you, buddy. You know, I wasn't, that would be not fair to tell anybody that I felt that way. Um, it was concerning and you feel, mm -hmm. you feel worried about like, where is this really going to go? You know? So that was kind of the initial thought. But then when I dug a little bit deeper, it was just a matter of how can I kind of make myself feel better about this? And it was really looking at, like we said earlier, how did Dylan live his life? And it wasn't as someone who was recklessly spending money. It wasn't as somebody who was like, didn't care about his financial well-being or like irresponsible in any sort of way. So that that right there immediately kind of helped quell those concerns and helped me start to build some trust and some faith in you when we hadn't been doing anything together yet. I could just look at how you'd been living your life as an individual. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it is really difficult for the person who is in that this is your debt sort of mindset. Like it is a lot to say, oh man, like I'm really looking forward to doing X, Y, and Z, but now I got to help you clean up the debt before we can really make any progress moving forward. And it's like, ah, I was almost there. Yeah, it's a one step forward, two step back sort of situation. Yep, yep. And there's a lot of emotion with that. Yeah. Um, and so that is why you do need to be thoughtful about how you move forward, for sure. But yeah. it doesn't mean that you full on say, nope, I did the right things. This is your problem. Right. That's the wrong choice. <laughs> it's the wrong choice. As much as it's, as much it is, as it is challenging to work through these emotions of, um, you know, stepping in and coming together and saying, okay, this is our debt now. We're going to handle this together. Um, as challenging as that is, that is the path that you really need to take and not go down that independent path because that also has bitterness and resentment and everything. And it still holds you back. 
So like, that's the funny thing, right? Is like my brain was like, this is one step forward, two step back. And like, I've been doing everything right. But the thing was, if I just said, well, that's your problem, you've got to deal with it. We still wouldn't have been able to go on the vacations we wanted to. We still wouldn't have been able to buy the things we wanted to. We wouldn't have been like, it would have right, still held you us back. Because you would have had all this money in your bank account. And I would have said, oh, sorry, I'm paying off my debt right now. I can't do anything at the moment. Yes. Um, if you please wait a few more years and be patient with me, I'll finally catch up. But I'll still have no money in the bank to do anything, but I'll finally be debt free. Or let's play out another scenario. We keep things totally separate and you don't have that solid of financial boundaries and you just let yourself you let yourself fall into consumer debt or you ignore the student loan debt all so right, that just, you can pay so, for a regular So we life. just keep going and doing all the fun stuff, but like the debt lives there and it's still this monkey on my shoulder. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so like neither of those things sound good either. So if you made sure that like you didn't have any debt for whatever reason, for me, I had to be hyper vigilant, and that was really it. Like nobody was helping me, so I had to be really careful with how I paid for college and stuff. But point is, if that's you, you need to make sure that you're being realistic about what the other options and paths really lead to, and it's really not anything better. Yeah. So that is is it's your student loan debt or your debt, and then we have the other side, which is it's my debt. And so when it's my debt, and this is something that we've seen a lot with people, is that they don't want to burden their significant other with the debt. It's, I came to the relationship, I had all this debt, and I know it's my problem and I'm going to deal with it. And there's a lot of shame and guilt, anxiety around this. And a lot of people feel like it's almost like they're inadequate until they solve this problem by themselves. And so this is really big struggle for a lot of clients that we've worked with who have debt uh, in the relationship. Yeah, they just feel like I shouldn't have to burden you with mm-hmm. this debt and because I did make these choices and it is my thing and I'm going to handle it because I'm a responsible adult and they have a fear of being codependent. Yeah, I think it's a is fear a really of holding the other person back. Yeah, they. I mean, they recognize that it's a big ask. Right. And I think that that's admirable. It's it really is. Yes, it can be a really big ask, especially if talking about something like student loan debt in particular, where you might have tens of thousands of dollars worth of it. And so what it feels like is that I'm holding you back because I'm asking you to take your finances and your money and instead of putting it towards investing and saving, helping me to pay off my debt. And that's that's kind of scary to ask somebody to change their Essentially, you're asking someone to change their life. Yeah. Like I said, it's very admirable to have that level of, you know, awareness that it's a big ask and you don't want to ask for such a big thing. You don't, you know, but at the same time, when it comes to being in a relationship, we need to be okay at accepting the help and because it's not just you anymore. And that's what's so cool about it, too. Right. Whether you've realized it or not. It goes back to this fear of of codependence and not wanting to be dependent on the other person to help you get through this challenge. So it's like you're maintaining your independence. You don't want to ask them for this thing that seems just like such a huge sacrifice for them. And so you try to do it all on your own. Yeah. And that definitely plays into the idea that we have to be these strong individual people. Not that you shouldn't be a strong individual person on your own, but this idea that you have to do everything on your own and that you shouldn't have to ask for help and that you should be able to handle this by yourself. Yes, and so that can be really hard to accept help. A lot of us struggle with that, Mm -hmm. I think, to be able to kind of 
humble ourselves, especially if you're used to doing things a lot on your own. Well, you know, before you, you were are... married, you were single and you were doing it all on your own. And so am I really going to ask them to help me out with this? Yeah. So it makes perfect sense why people are resistant to it. But as you're stepping into the relationship, it's like, yes, that is you saying it's us now, ideally. So you can't accept the help. Right. Because it gets a lot easier when you are working together on anything. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we like to shift the view from it's not your debt, it's not my debt, it's our debt. Yeah, because whether you realize it or not, when you got married, it is our debt. Because if, like we kind of played that scenario out earlier, if Rebecca's doing her thing and I'm still paying off my debt, like that's still a problem that lingers in the relationship, whether we're, we're both focused on it or just one of us is focused on it. Exactly. And so to answer the question that we pose at the beginning of this podcast, should I help my spouse out with their debt? Answer is yes. If you're the person in debt, should you accept the help if your spouse is willing to help you with your debt? Answer is yes, you should do that. Now we're going to walk through how you can do that. It's the practical advice of how to get this, this ball rolling so that it feels right and there's no resentment or regret along the way. And so the very first thing that you got to do is get rid of the individual mentality and stop strategizing as individuals. And you got to start to come together as a unit, an interdependent team. Exactly. Strategizing together is the, it's the bedrock. I right. mean, if you're trying to play two different games, then neither of you are going to win. Right. So you've got to start to strategize together. What does that really mean to strategize together? It means budgeting together. Yeah. It means pooling your resources. Yep. Because two incomes is better than one. Boy, howdy. Yeah. It, so it means pooling your resources, budgeting together setting your priorities, all of those sorts of things. So it's it's really just saying, okay, we're playing the same game now and we're a team. Yeah, it's having the conversations about exactly. this. You're going to have to work through this a little bit yeah. and you're going to have to figure out what's right. And so just by starting to have the conversation of how do we deal with our debt so that we're both going in the direction that we want to go? Because like we said, if I'm handling the debt by myself, and Rebecca's saving and investing, we're both still having to sacrifice because there's still the debt that one of us is dealing with. An analogy that really comes to my mind is imagine that we are going to run a race. We're both in our own lanes. We're on the track and everything. Well, if I'm getting to save and invest, gun goes off, I get to run. Meanwhile, you're stuck at the starting line until you pay off your debt. And so you don't even get to get started yet. I'm going to get to just keep going. I get to lap you. I get to just like keep running my race and you're still stuck there. Well, how does that help us as as a couple, as a team? You know, like that, I mean, I, I get that we're, you know, moving from an individualized sport to a non, but I think that that kind of paints the picture of why you would want to make sure that you're both get to start at the same time kind of well yeah because we're we're going from running in separate lanes to it's a relay race and we're running together or three-legged oh three of it's a three-legged race now and you're tied to me (laughs) i'm tied to you and so you guys get it and so (laughs) we'll just (laughs) we'll stop there but anyway so yes you've got to start figuring out how to strategize together and make sure that you're actually going to make progress as a team because you don't want to leave your buddy behind, right? They're your life partner. They're right. like the person that you want to do everything with. So don't leave them in the dust. Make sure that you're both getting to move forward together. Well, there's a lot to be learned through working through hardship and adversity as a couple, even financial adversity. And it's like getting through that 
I've always said that you had the option of getting your student loans paid off or paying them off yourself. Yes, it'd be really nice to get them forgiven, but the people who are learn how to pay off the student loan debts are going to be better off and make better financial decisions in the long run than someone who just gets the money simply forgiven. Well, and it's called grit, baby. Yeah. I mean, like getting through hardship, that's what makes you gritty. Everybody wants to be gritty. That's right. Be gritty. Well, maybe not nowadays, but we hope that if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone who wants to be gritty and here's the way to do it. You want to be able to do hard things. This is one of those things that you can do that's hard and it makes you better. Right. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. So then the other piece of this is so you're going to start to strategize together. Really, the, the final piece of it is to balance the relational side of it, right? Talk about how do you actually do that as a couple and honor the different perspectives. So like Dylan and I have been talking about the emotions that we have that were different because I came to the relationship one way, he came to the relationship another way. And so us tackling the debt together brought up different things for both of us. Right. Because you got to think about not just your own perspective, but the perspective of the person that's helping you out or receiving the help. Right. So it's like, in my case, I had the debt, so I had to receive help. So what is it like in Rebecca's shoes to be willing to help me out? And what do I have to do to make sure that she's willing to help me out, right? These are these toxic traits that we talked about earlier of like, oh, he's got debt. I'm going to dump this guy. Well, what what do you need to do so that you are someone that is capable of receiving help or someone's willing to give you the help? Yeah, right? give, a, give them a reason to help you. Yeah, exactly. So if you're the person on the side of the table who has the debt, like you should, like, are you taking care of the debt? Are you racking up more? Like those are like, those would be some things to consider. If I'm being proactive and paying off my debt, if I understand it's a problem and I'm very aware of it and I'm taking action on it right now and I'm not hiding it. Like these are a lot of things that are really important to someone who might be like, well, I'd be willing to help him. He's already taking care of this debt. But like if I helped him out, he'd be out of it sooner. And I can see that he's already making good choices and that I know that once the debt's gone, I can see that most likely the next thing that's going to happen is we're going to start saving and investing and planning our life together in a way that we couldn't if we had this debt. Now, on yeah. the other hand, if I was just like, uh, well, I got this debt, but like I keep deferring it and I like, who cares? We're all going to die with student loan debt. Like that, that kind of mindset, like, why do I want to help them out? They really don't care. No, why that's should a I red care? Flag. Yeah, no, that's, that's a red flag. And like we talked about earlier, people who are racking up this debt and they're just an ostrich. They're burying their head in the sand. They're not taking ownership of it. They're not doing anything about it. Yeah. Those are all red flags. So if you are in this relationship and you know you're met with this um, this situation, try to think of yourself as you know the other person, and then and if you're the one who needs the help, give the other person a reason to help you. Right. Help them build faith in you and have trust in you, so that they can. It kind of mitigates the risk a little bit to them. Like exactly. And I'm saying this as the person who was giving the help. That was my thing was like I had to look at Dylan's character to really say to to calm my nerves about about helping. I had to feel like I could trust him. I had to feel like, you know, it was going to be an investment worth making in both of us. Mm-hmm. And so give your person a reason to actually help you. And and that usually it, that means action. That means the actions, your habits, your behaviors. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, if you're the person who's giving the help, think about the the person who's receiving it. Because like we said, a lot of people who are on this end of, I have a bunch of debt, they they don't want to ask for help because they feel like it's their problem that they have to deal with on their own. So you have to reassure them that 
It isn't their problem anymore. It's our problem. And the sooner that we can get out of this, the sooner that we can start doing all these other things that we've talked about, but we know this debt's getting in the way of that. Don't guilt them. Don't shame them. Um, and don't make them feel like they're a burden. No. Those, I think, are some reasons why, honestly, it was a little bit challenging for us. For our personal story, we've seen a lot of this in you know the clients that we've helped. But for our personal story, we just didn't have that mindset at all. Like it was never like, I can't believe you would do this or, you know, like there was, I don't know, there's just, there was never any guilting. There was never anything like that. You said like yourself, you didn't feel shame. You didn't feel anything. It was always just about like, where are we going, man? Right. What are we going to do together? Isn't that so exciting? And so it wasn't about you being some burden that I had to deal with and I was cleaning up your mess. That's not good for the relationship or the finances. Yeah. So you just can't do that. The other thing is, what would you do if the roles were reversed? So I think that's a really interesting lens for both people to kind of look at it through. I think you maybe kind of said this, but that's like the specific question you should ask yourself. What would you do if the roles were reversed? Yeah. If you're the person who needs help, would you be willing, if, if you were in a different position, would you want to help your spouse? Probably. Right. Because really, most what we see is that most of the time, the person who can help or is in the position to help wants to help. Right, exactly. It's the other person who won't accept the help. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like try to try to pivot your mindset a little bit here and think about how you would react if you if the shoe was on the other foot. You would probably want to help your spouse too. So doesn't that mean that you should also be willing to accept the help? That's a great thought experiment. It's really good to do. Another question to ask yourself if you're the person who would be receiving the help is what would you need to feel good about receiving the help? And what I mean by this is when we're talking about all of these feelings of you know, wanting to maintain your independence or a fear of being codependent or an inability to accept the help. Okay, so what do you need to feel good about it? How can we preserve your dignity? How can you like go into this without feeling smaller than, less than, you know, what do you really need from your spouse so that there is still a level of respect here, not you having to tuck tail? Yeah. You know, and so think about what that is. And and it can be like, it probably has to do with how your spouse treats you about it. Mm -hmm. You don't want that to be lorded over you. Remember that time that I cleaned up your financial debt? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, that's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. I mean, it comes down to, like we say, with budgets, no scorecards. Exactly. We don't talk like that. Right, because you got married, you became one. And so this is about getting through this together. Because again, it's all in the past, right? It's like, Ideally, if you're the one who had debt, your habits, behaviors, everything's changed. And you're saying, by getting out of debt, our life will be bigger and greater because of this. With your help, we can have a more rich and fulfilling life. But I need a little help right now because I'm down. Can you help? Are you willing to help me out? And even then, though, I would challenge it all because it's not you anymore. It's us. Just period. It's just not. And so that brings us to the questions for the person who would be giving the help to ask yourself if you're the one who's in the position to help the other person pay off more debt than maybe what you had. Because, I, again, I wasn't perfect. But think about how the debt being gone would help us, would help you as the couple, the relationship. Mm-hmm. Think about it in terms of the relationship and then think about it in terms of your net worth as a couple. It's all positive. Trust me. Right. Because you eliminate the debt and then you can take that income and put it towards whatever. It's just everything. But write it down. 
and really just say, how would this help? How would this debt being gone? If I if I'm feeling like I'm not so sure about helping pay off the debt and taking on this whole us our mindset, well, this this will probably help change your mind (laughs) because it's only going to help. And then the last question that you should ask yourself if you are the one who's helping the other person with with the debt that they have, what would you need to feel good about helping? What do you mean by that? So this kind of goes back to the demonstration of character. Help me trust you. Help me have faith in you. Help mm-hmm. me feel good about this decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is a good investment in you slash us. What it comes down to is your habits and your behaviors with your money. How, what are the financial decisions that you're making that are showing me, that are demonstrating to me that we are headed for a brighter future? You know, so ask yourself, what do you need to feel good about helping and taking on this financial challenge together? How do you feel about what what do you need for that pooling of resources to feel good to you so that you're fully on board? And there is, again, there's no space for bitterness, resentment, feeling like, you know, you shouldn't do it because both parties need to feel fully on board. Yeah. So that's like if I was in credit card debt and continuing to rack up credit card debt, that would be a lot more difficult for you to say, hey, I'm willing to even help you out at all because I just see this getting worse. And then I'm just giving you a free pass, essentially, so that you can start over. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's enabling. Yeah, enabling. That's enabling somebody who has who is financially irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just going to clear off the balance so it can get racked up again, potentially. That's why I'm saying these questions are so important for both parties to ask themselves, what do I need to feel good about helping? And then how can I give them a reason to help me? Those two things need to be in harmony so that everybody feels good about it and you can run the race together. Yeah. So that way that you can actually start to strategize together and start to eliminate that debt that's been holding you back. And so we're not going to go into all the details of how to eliminate debt the best way and how to do that properly here. We've already spent a lot of time just talking about why you guys should start coming together. But we'll leave some details in the show notes of this episode to let you know how to start getting rid of debt and the best way to do that so that you're most effective with your efforts. Yeah. And then, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you hit like and subscribe so that you can continue to hear more about how to do these things so that you can continue to work together, build wealth and have a better marriage. So we have a brand new program specifically for married couples to help them manage finances so it doesn't get in the way of their relationship. They can live the life that they want. So if you are a couple who wants to reach financial freedom and make sure that money doesn't get in the way of their relationship, then you can apply for this new program. Link will be in the show notes as well. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Rebecca Brooks. And I'm Dylan Pollock. And and we're we're Rad Coaches. Coaches.